0: Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Thanks, Pastor Chris. So there was uh, three men. They were in a waiting room at a hospital. And they all were, uh, wives were expecting babies. And so a little while goes by, and one of the nurses comes in the waiting room, of the hospital and opens the door and addresses one of the men says, sir he said yeah she goes your wife just had twins he goes oh wow he goes man we weren't really expecting twins he goes that's that's crazy he goes another weird thing about that is that she or, or i played for the minnesota twins a little while later nurse comes back in the waiting room opens the door dresses the second man in the room said sir your wife just had triplets he goes that's that's crazy he goes we weren't expecting that he goes another weird thing about that he goes i work for a company called 3m third guy gets up starts picking up his coat and leaving the room nurse said sir where are you going he goes i'm getting out of here i work for (laughs) 7-eleven just like you just wanted to come to easter and hear some jokes that's what you wanted to do some lame jokes I tell that, you know, I tell that at, at funerals, I tell that at funerals, and the reason why I tell that at funerals is because there's just some things in life that you can't run from, right? And death is one of those things we, we just can't run from death. More on that in a second. So we've been um, coming to an end of a series, and you came up came to the right time. You really did. Um, this is, we've been looking at what, we, what John called signs. He called them signs. He didn't, he didn't refer to them as miracles. He referred to them as signs that were pointing to someone, pointing in a direction to someone. That, that's why he wanted to call them signs and not necessarily uh, miracles or, or wonders that Jesus performed. But they were simply not about the miracle, but they were about the person performing the miracle. Because John, John had an agenda. And John tells us his agenda. He tells us his agenda in John 20. And in, in, in John 20, he says, so then many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. John said, I could have written, man, I, dozens and dozens of signs. He, he even said that there, was, there wouldn't have been like a, a libraries, enough, enough libraries to be able to contain all the things that Jesus did on This earth, the little time that he spent here on this earth, there would have been enough to contain it. So John says, I, I, there's so much, he goes, I'm just going to, I'm going to condense it down to just seven, just seven of them. And so that's what John does. And this is the, what we're going to look at this morning is the seventh sign that John gives. And John's saying, listen, after this one, this is enough. After this sign that Jesus did, this should be enough, and the reason why John said that, here's what he says next in verse 31. But these, these, these seven, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have, and if you've been with us, what is it? Life. You may have life in his Name. This is why John wrote these signs. This is why John recorded what he, what he saw. And, and John would say, when you talk, talk about faith and we talk about belief, because John ultimately wants you to have belief in Jesus, that believe that he is the son of God. And when John would talk about faith or, or maybe what's synonymous with faith is, be, is belief or, or maybe even you can use the word trust, he would say that faith or anything, and that doesn't have to be religious, it just is anything really. That, that faith or belief is the evidence of what we've seen. It's the evidence of what we've seen. So, for example, you, you have faith in things, you have beliefs in things, you put your trust in things based on the evidence that supports what you've seen. And we oftentimes have faith or or belief in things that we don't see, really. I mean, you know, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just, you know, a dummy, but I don't really know how the Wi-Fi works. I don't really see how that works or air or electricity or, you know, there, you can go on and on and on about things that we believe in and we, we know are real, even though we don't see how they work, but we have experienced them for ourselves and because we've experienced them for ourselves it's enough evidence for us to put our faith in or our trust in these things or john would say if it's not the evidence of what you've seen it's the or what you've seen it's the confidence in a credible source of what we've heard and so maybe it's you, you hear uh, somebody who is maybe a, a teacher uh, or a parent or a grandparent or a coach or, or a trusted friend. You have the confidence that you consider them to be a credible source based on what you've heard. So maybe that's something that you haven't experienced for yourself, but you trust in the person that says it. Well, John's wanting us to know that he is a credible source. John's wanting us to know that he is a credible source. And John's sources are so credible, so credible, that we actually have evidence. We have, we have now in our possession, we have evidence of the fact that John's writings, and we have a, there was a piece of John's writing that date as early as 50, 15- Fifteen years after the life of Jesus, fifteen years after the life of Jesus, life of Jesus. There's really no debate. You you can't debate the fact that Jesus was a, a real person. Uh, you know, he was born in Nazareth. He, he was a, a Jewish uh, man, and he was a rabbi, and he he, he g- gathered a, a big following, and and there's even evidence to prove that he was was crucified on a cross. And so so John was saying, listen, I I want you to know that. I'm a credible source. I'm a credible source. And John wants us to know also, because he's a credible source, that it wasn't based on the teachings of Jesus of why Christianity exists. It's not based on the teachings of Jesus of why we're, or why I'm a Christian. Why I'm a Christian. Why I'm a Jesus follower. And what, what makes us Jesus followers, if you are a Jesus follower, again, are not on the teachings of Jesus. What makes us a Jesus follower is based on not only what John saw, but what Matthew saw and what many, many others saw, what Peter saw, what what Paul saw, what Thomas saw, and, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Here's what they saw. Here's what they saw. They saw Jesus die. They saw Jesus buried and then they saw Jesus resurrected. That's what, they, that's what Christianity hinges on. It hinges on this very day that we celebrate. It's not on the teachings of Jesus, but because, because of what they saw, we, sh- we believe and say that the teachings of Jesus are and should be credible in our life. So John's going, listen, you can put your faith, you can put your confidence that I'm a credible source because, I, because of what, not because of what Jesus taught, but based on what I saw and many, many others saw. So John's final sign, it's the seventh sign. John's final sign would define what Jesus came to do. John's final sign would define what Jesus ultimately came to this earth to do. And let's look at his final and seventh sign. Starts in John 11, verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick. His name was Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So John's assuming that we know these characters and if you've been a part of church, you know who these people are. You know Mary, you know Martha, and you probably know the story of Lazarus. And here's what we often do when we, when we read these verses like this. We often overlook what is natural to us. We often overlook of what, we, what we're used to experiencing in our life. Now, here's what we often overlook. It was a certain man, who was sick. There was a certain man who was sick. We live in a world that we experience sickness. Has any, can anybody say, over, within the last couple years, you've experienced sickness? Can we just show it? Show, yeah. You're like, I don't even need to raise my hand because that was a dumb question. It, it was, it was. Why? Because of course, of course you did. This is the kind of world we live in. We don't, we don't just live in a world of sickness. We live in a world of hurt and pain and grief and sorrow and, and, and frustration and in and, and emotions that we, we simply just can't control on a day-to-day basis. I mean, this is the kind of world that we live in. We live in a world where we read something like this and we see that a man was sick and we go, I wonder why. I wonder what it was. I wonder. We don't go, really? What, what's sick? That, that's not the world we live in. That's not our experience here's why we live. Here's why we live in a world of where there's sickness, disease, you know, emotional health issues, physical health issues, you name it, pain, sorrow, loss, you name it. Why do we live in that kind of world? Why do we live in that kind of world? For this reason, sin and death, sin and death, sin and death. Now, And I know you're thinking, oh boy, here, this is why I don't come to church anymore. Because he's going to tell me about all my terrible sins and he's going to try to make me feel bad. That's that's, that's not my intention. I, I listen, you're like, I, and I know, I know you're thinking, you're like, man, if, if I want to, you know, if I want to feel bad about myself, I'm just going to wake up on Sunday mornings and go play golf. Like, I don't, I don't need preacher guy to tell me about my sin, right? Or I'm going to go and put on a bathing suit and go to the beach, all right? Or I'm going to sleep. Like, I know, I don't know. I, that's not what But here's what I'm trying to share with you. Why we experience life the way that we do, according to the credibility of the scriptures, it's because of this thing called sin and death. And sin ultimately brings death. As a matter of fact, it says in Romans 3.23, it says, for the wages of sin Is death. What sin does, it makes us not only physically die, but it brings about spiritual death. And we all we all have, have experienced this in our life. And in sin, what sin does is, is sin is like a like an intruder. Sin robs us. It robs us of things. Sin robs us of our joy. It robs us of our peace. Robs us of our of our love. It, it robs us of, of our you know affections and intimacy. And it robs us of of experiencing God's plan and purposes and, and will for our life. That's what sin ultimately robs us. It's an intruder. Has anybody Ever had somebody be an intruder? Anybody ever have a thief? Somebody steal something from you? I have. I have have. a couple. As a matter of fact, two times, not too far apart from each other, I had a collection of CDs. You anybody remember CDs? Remember this? Anybody remember your CD collection in like a folder where you would go through and flip through your folder, okay? Well, I had, I had one night, somebody broke into my car. I may or may have left it unlocked. Depends on who you're asking. <laughs> they, they took my CDs out of my car. And now I just felt like, how frustrating was that? Like, I mean, the amount of times that I went to Best Buy, and Sam Goody, remember doing this, anybody? Come on, like, we have an older crowd, and younger crowd, you're like, you're you're talking about, like, different times. Like, I, as many times as I went there and had to, you know, build my collection of CDs, it was, like, frustrating, you know? It's like, it, they took, and so, not long after that, so, so just fill it, fill in the blanks. So I get the, the, homeowner's insurance says, we'll cover, we'll cover that. So they send a check, they cover the cost. So I get to go to Best Buy and Sam Goody and and restock my CDs. And, and now at this point, I'm like, I got different interests in music. So this is, this is kind of cool. Not long after that, I'm in, uh, in, in, in school, I was in high school and uh, my, I was car was just out parked in the parking lot with, with hundreds of other cars out in the parking lot. And I show up to my car and I noticed that my windows were cracked of my car. I'm like, oh, what the, what's going on here? And so I opened the car door and I'm sorry, I almost sounded like I was going to swear for a second there. I, <laughs> it, I was in high school. I was in high school. So I probably did. So I open the car door and I'm like, and I'm looking and I, I'm looking under my seat and I can't find my new CDs. Somebody stole them again. They stole them again. So not only, not only did I get my CDs stolen again with my new folder that I'm flipping through and my, all my new CDs, they leave something in my car for me they leave marijuana joints in my ashtray of my car. So not only are they stealing my CDs, but they're smoking weed in my car. I had to tell my parents, it wasn't me, it was them. It wasn't me, it was them. Here's the thing. With sin, sin robs us, but it also leaves us with something. Sin leaves us with resentment bitterness anger frustration emotional instability insecurity you name it sin not just robs us of the things that god has for us but it leaves us with things that are too heavy for us to bear you agree that's what sin does and it ultimately it kills us spiritually And ultimately, it catches up to us, all of us, and it kills us physically. That's because of sin. Paul wrote it this way, too, in Romans 3. For all have sinned. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? I mean, do you know that that you're a sinner and so am I? Like, to say that sin isn't real is to say, like, that wrong isn't real. Or that problems aren't real, or that evil isn't real. I mean, come on, we I mean, look around. You watch the news. You read your, your updates on your phones. We we live in a world that, that is 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 broken. We live in a world that has been infiltrated by by sin. Is it infected all of us? And it's made all of us sinners, and all of us because of we're sinners, we fall short of the glory of God. And here, here's why. I know. here's how I know that we all are sinners. And you, here's how you know. It doesn't take long after your children are born to show defiance. True. Like you're, you're like they're like one, and they're fighting, pushing back on you. You're like where did you learn this from? They didn't learn it. It's in them. It's in them. We we live. We 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 all. We've experienced all of this in, in our lives where we experience this, this 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 born into idea of, of sin, and we all have, we all have experienced that. We all have that. This is the world that we live in. And Jesus, Jesus came to bring the solution to this problem. Jesus has a solution to the problem of sin and the problem of death. And that's what Easter Sunday is all about. Let's look to the rest of the story. In John 11, so the sisters sent word to him, Mary Martha, saying, Lord, behold, he he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not meant for death, but is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. And then he says this in verse five. Now Jesus, now this is important. This is important. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. So it sounds like, wait a second. Lazarus, you, or Jesus, you just heard that Lazarus was sick. And then Mary and Martha come and they want you to come and and do what you've done for so many people healed them but then John wants to make sure that his readers know that he loves them that he loves Martha and he loves Mary but then he stays but then he stays back two days longer in the place where he was. Like, what, what is that about? Like, like, I thought, wait a second. You, you just said that you love them, but then you're, you're not rushing to them. You say that you love them, but you're not rushing to them. So I don't know about you, but I, oftentimes for me, I feel like God doesn't love me because God isn't coming through for me like he is for somebody else. That I feel like God is you know, indifferent to, to my worries or my needs or my struggles. And yet he seems to be on top of everybody else. Is any, can anybody else relate to this? But this is a perfect story for us to know. That, that God, even though he's delayed, even though we sort of scratch our, our heads going, where are you God? And what are you gonna do about this? And, and I'm, I'm in this, this struggle right now. And you seem to not, care, you seem to be indifferent to it, that you can know that in this story tells us the fact that Jesus does love you, and Jesus loved Mary, and Jesus loved Martha, and Jesus loved Lazarus, and Jesus loves you, and the reason why Jesus stayed two days longer in that place was for a purpose. He was staging a sign with a purpose in mind. So here's what he wants you to know. That oftentimes you may not know what God is up to or you may not understand why God is doing what God is doing, but you need to know that God always has a purpose in mind for you. You are not forgotten. You are not put on a shelf. You are not left behind. He doesn't love somebody more than he loves you. He just always has a purpose in mind. And the reason why Jesus stayed back was because he was up to something amazing. That's what he was doing. Story goes on. He said to them, so he's talking to his disciples now. He said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going so that I may awaken him from sleep. At this point, the disciples are confused. They're like, why are we going to see Lazarus if he's just asleep? He will wake up. As a matter of fact, that's what they said. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will come out of it. Can you imagine having to say that to Jesus? Like, they just, they've seen Jesus do amazing things. They watched him turn water into wine. They watched him heal. They watched him, you know, heal a blind man. You know, they, they, they watched him, like, feed thousands and thousands of people. And now Jesus is going, hey, let's go to Bethany and let's wake up Lazarus. And the disciples are going, oh, Lord, I don't know if you know how sleep works. <laughs> but when you fall asleep, it's just temporary. But then you wake up. When you fall asleep, it's just temporary, but then you wake up. And Jesus would say, that's the point that I'm trying to make. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Verse 13. We can go to verse verse 14, that's fine. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus died. Wait, I thought he was asleep. Oh, no, 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 I was using a metaphor for what I'm gonna do with sin and death. I was just using a metaphor to describe those who put their faith in Jesus and what death looks like for them. That it's just like sleep. It's only temporary. Verse 15. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe. But let's go to him. Let's go to him. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he already been in the tomb four days. Verse 20. So then Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Why? Because Mary was heartbroken. Mary was like, where were you? We called for you. And you didn't come when we asked you to come. It was hard for us, and we didn't hear from you. So Mary was heartbroken. And so goes on, and he's talking to Martha. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. And she said, I don't understand what you mean. What are you saying? He's been dead for four days and now you're telling me he's gonna rise from the dead? And Jesus makes this statement. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives lives and believes in me, will never die. And then Jesus asked an important question. The most important question that anyone can ever, ever ask themselves. Here's what he asked. Do you, do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is who he claimed to be that Jesus is the resurrection and Jesus is the life. And when you put your faith and your belief in Jesus, that even when you die, it's like you fell asleep and you'll wake up again in glory. Jesus said, Hey, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And she said this, what a response. She said to him, yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, and he who comes into this world. How incredible is this? How amazing is this? She nailed it. She hit it right on the head. She said, this is exactly what you did. This is exactly why you came. And I believe it. I believe it. And here's what is so unique about this. That's so different than any other faith base, any other religion, any other th- anything that you put your faith in or belief in or your trust in. This is so unique. Christianity is so unique. Here's what Jesus is saying, and here's what she believes. Here's what she believes. I want to illustrate it for you, though. Let me illustrate it for you. Who wants $100? Anybody want $100? Connor, do you want $100? (laughs) I figured you would. Connor, will you stand up for me? Connor, I hope you you don't hate me after this. Connor, do you want $100? Yeah. All Yeah. right, here's what you're going to have to do to get $100. Connor, you might we need to stand in your chair. Do you mind standing on your chair in church? Yeah. I hope you do. <laughs> I hope you do. Would you get up on your chair? You're going to have to stand up on your chair. Connor, here's what you're going to have to do. Now, Connor, you, you look like a, like a springy guy, all right? You look like a springy guy. You're going to need to be. You're going to need to be. Connor, I, don't, I need you to leap. I need you to jump from where you're standing, and I'm gonna hold this hundred-dollar Visa gift card like this. Now, the people in front of you are real nervous right now. <laughs> you should be, Connor. You're gonna have to jump. You're gonna have to leap as far as you can in air. You you can't land on the ground. You have to jump in air, okay? Space Jam style. All right, in air. You got LeBron James kind of ups. Okay, all right, that's all right. (laughs) Connor, do you think you can do that? (laughs) He's a smart guy. Give Connor a round of applause for just being a smart guy. (laughs) That is a picture of, Connor, would you just stay standing one second, one second. (laughs) That is a picture of his imperfection and if I'm God, my perfection. His imperfection and God's imperfection. Connor, because of his sin, he couldn't get to God. He, he would fall short of the glory of God. And God knew that. As a matter of fact, there's a, this obscure verse that you probably have never read in the Bible. It's called John 3.16. I, I'm a pastor. I've been trained in this, these kind of things. It goes like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Right? And whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die, will not be lost, but will have eternal life. Because of his sin and, and your sin and my sin, he couldn't get, he can't get to God. But God in his love, God in his love, God in his love, God in his love, he came, he came. And I know for the online audience, this is not good but he came pardon me excuse me sorry I'm sorry excuse me he came and he came and he gave his generous love to a guy like Connor that's thank you Connor you can be seated enjoy the hundred dollars don't share it with your sister okay That's the message of the gospel. That's the reason why Jesus came is because of your and my sin. We couldn't get to God, but God uniquely left heaven and he came to us. And just like Martha, just like Martha, Martha, He wants you to believe that he is the son of God who came into this world for you and for me. And he died on a cross for your sins and for mine. And he was buried, but death couldn't hold him down. And he came up out of that grave so that when you and me, when we put our faith and our trust in him, you and I will do the very same thing. That's the message of Easter. Let's just finish the narrative for fun, okay? John says this, so Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave. John, so much detail, so specific. Why? Because John said, fact check me, fact check me. 2,000 years later, fact check me. Now it was a cave and there was a stone lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone, Martha. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, again, this is what happened. Lord, by this time, there will be a stench. For he has been dead four days. He's gonna stink. He says in verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, did I not say to you that if you believe that you will see the glory of God? In other words, Jesus was reminding Martha and he's reminding us, when you believe, when you put your faith in Jesus, you will see the glory of God. You'll no longer fall short of the glory of God. You'll now one day get to see the glory of God. And Paul wrote it this way. He said it this way in Romans 8:18. 8, for I consider, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Isn't that good news? This is good news. This is good news this Easter. That there's a way out of sin and there's a way out of death and Jesus says, I'm the way. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father unless it's through me. You can continue to put your hope In this life, Paul would say, and I would say, and many of you would say, not me, because this life is hard. This life is challenging. This life has problems. This life has sickness. This life has disease. This life has loss. This life has grief. This life has pain. I don't know if I already said that, but you get the point. But because of what Jesus did, because he's the resurrection and the life, We get to leave this crummy place one day and we get to go to glory where he is and then our faith will be sight. Our faith will be sight. Just because it took me a little bit to set up this illustration, I'm gonna show it to you even though I know we're running behind. This is your life. This is mine. It's short. This right here represents Some good, some joy, some happiness, some fun, but a lot of it is hard, struggle, emotional, difficult. Are you with me? We're not, we're not, we don't have to settle for this. We don't have to settle for this life. And Jesus says, I have a way out. And if you live, you put your faith and your trust and your belief, you put that in me, you put that in me, when this life is all said and done, you get to move on to eternal life. And your life gets to go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and hopefully my table doesn't fall over. (laughs) But this right here, this right here, this is what the Bible says that he will wipe away all your tears. This is what the Bible says, that that there will be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more grief. There'll be no more struggle. There'll be no more loss. There'll be no more sadness. There'll be no more addiction. That this is what Jesus says, I have for you. So he's saying, Listen, don't just settle. Don't just stay in this short little life that we have here on earth. Jesus says, I Came to give you more. And it's called, because I'm having fun with this, it's called eternal life. And this, I wish this wasn't 40 feet. I wish it just went on forever because that's what God has for you this Easter. Let's give him thanks for that, huh? So they removed the stone and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. But I knew, I knew that you always hear me. Nevertheless, because, I love this, because of the people standing around, I said it. Jesus like, I didn't even need to pray a prayer. I already knew what you were preparing to do and the sign that you wanted people to know. So that they, so that they, so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And when you believe these things, you can insert your name there. When you believe these things, you can insert your name there. That you spiritually will come out Of the grave. And he says, Come on out. Out came the man. Out came anyone, for that fact, who has died. But when you put your faith in Jesus, the grave can't hold you down because the grave was swallowed up in the victory that was one on the cross and in the resurrection of Jesus. That's Easter. You have a sin problem and that brings to death, but there's a solution. His name is Jesus and he loves you. He loves you. He came for you and he's offering glory to all of us I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes if you wouldn't mind just out of privacy sake personal sake the question is the most important question is do you do you believe this do you believe this I hope you do. More importantly, Jesus came so that you would. And John wrote, and Matthew wrote, and Mark wrote, and Luke wrote, and Paul wrote, and Peter wrote, James, the brother of Jesus wrote, so that so that you would. So that you can know that there's a way out, and Jesus is that way out. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And you can't get to to heaven. You can't get to your heavenly father unless it's through a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm not talking religion. I'm not even talking organized religion. I'm just talking relationship. And it starts with a relationship so that you can be the person who comes out of the grave And then when you die, we'll all say, they're not dead. They're just asleep. They're just asleep. They'll wake up in glory. So if you're here today, you've never ever received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, come on. Sin is real, and it's in you. If you've never repented, if you've never confessed your sin, this is the day to do it. And when that happens, the scripture tells us that there's a party in heaven. There's a celebration that takes place. Why? Because somebody that was lost is now found. Somebody that was blind now sees. Somebody that was once dead in their trespasses and their sins are now made alive because of the victory of Jesus. So I'm going to lead you in a confession. It sounds like a prayer, but it's not really. It's it's just a confession. It's not a magical thing. It's just an opportunity for you to believe. And you don't have to understand everything to believe. That's true in life. You don't have to understand everything right now to believe. But it's starting somewhere. It's starting with a relationship. So I'm going to lead you in a little confession-type prayer. If you've never asked Jesus, to come into your life for those of you that know Jesus start living free you're out of the grave there should be a different way about us there would be a different life about us a bit, we should think differently our perspective our, 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 our framework of life should be different you're free you're free you're out live it Don't live for that little short moment of life. Live for forever. A place that he's prepared for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. And you have a solution. You sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin. Please forgive me. I believe that you died. I believe that you were buried. And I believe that you beat death. Not because I saw it, because of a credible source. Source is that gave their lives to give us this message of hope. We thank you for this hope. Come into my heart, be my savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you put your faith in Jesus today, Ah, would you tell me? You don't we, I won't make you stand. I won't make you do anything. I just just come and see me. If you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you. Have a happy Easter. Thanks for being here today at church. We're back on 10:30 next Sunday. 10:30. See you then.